And let's pray as we come to consider this part of the Word of God. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would speak to us this morning by the power of your Holy Spirit, addressing our hearts. And I pray that you would help me now, help us all to focus on what this story is all about. In Jesus' name, amen. So we just heard a story about a vineyard. Do you know what this is here? It's a vineyard. I hope you like it. Um, I th- I would, li- would anyone like a tour of my vineyard? I'm very happy to give tours of my vineyard. And um, there, so, the, so very, I mean, of course, you know, there'll be a charge, but I'll, we can talk about that later when we get to the gift shop. And you can have a look at all the various offers in the gift shop. Um, anyone would like to come? Some of you children, I think, would like to come up to have a tour of my vineyard. Come on, you younger ones, you come up here and have a look. And um, I will show you. I will show you around my vineyard, um, because actually I need some volunteers, and if the children don't come, I'm going to have to call on some of, the, some of the adults as well to come and volunteer. So, here we go. So, not looking at anyone in particular. Ah, oh, look, here we go. Right. Excellent. So, here's my vineyard. Right, now this vineyard, the owner of this vineyard who planted it, he was a thoroughly good owner. Thoroughly, thoroughly good. Very good, because this is, not, this is a very good vineyard. So... By the way, what, what grows in a vineyard? What fruit grows in a vineyard? Anyone know? Anyone know? Grapes. Yeah, grapes. Grapes grow in a vineyard. So that's what, so th- these, are, these are vines, and it's, not, it's actually not harvest time at the moment, so the, the vines are not actually producing. Plus, they're sycamore as well, but let's, <laughs> let's ignore that. I did try and get some imported from Merceau, but they wouldn't send them in time, unfortunately. They were a bit jealous about their vines over there in France, so... Never mind. Right, so we've got this vineyard which grows, which grows um, grapes. And so, so, come, so, well, first of all, come, come to my tower. Look at this tower. This is a beautiful tower. I'm standing Carolyn in church this morning. Where are you standing? There they are, beautiful tower. Thank you very much. Stan and Carolyn built that tower, but let's imagine for a moment that I built it. All right, up we go. Do you want to go into the tower? Here we are, up the tower, this beautiful tower. The reason, do you know why they had a tower in the vineyard? It's because of foxes. Foxes would come in the night and poo. That's what they do in my garden anyway. Do they do that in your garden? Yes. Why doesn't the council get anyway? Let's not get onto that. So the foxes and the, fo- and the fox, they didn't want, they didn't want um, I don't know, squirrels to come and eat the grapes. Wolves, lions, bears, beasts of all sorts. And also they didn't want um, burglars to come in and steal the fine grapes from the vine. So there they are. They built the watchtower so people could look down and check on the vineyard. Come down from the watchtower. And let me show you, um, so there, was, there, was a, there were walls built around it, fences, here we are, the beautiful walls, lovely, lovely, in fact, I think they're oak, aren't they, isn't that amazing, walls and fences around the watchtower, come with me and walk among the vines, beautifully planted vineyard, and if you, as you come round this way, let me lead you to the wine press as well, which was, um, there we are, the wine press, that's where you press the wine, so you have to take your shoes off. And um, you have to get into the wine. No, don't worry. I'm not going to let you do. I'm not going to let you do that at the moment. But that's what they would have done. They would have taken their shoes off and trampled all the grapes out, so all the juice could have flown out, and then they could have made the wine. By the way, do you want any of the fruit of last year? The last year's, last year's fruit. We did actually dry some, and uh, we got some here. Um, here we are. Some. Um, there we are. They, they turn into raisins eventually. So yeah. Does anyone want a raisin? Anybody? You want a raisin? There you go. Raisin. Here we are. So this is the fruit from last year. Would you like some raisins? Like a raisin? Yes, you'll have some raisins. Okay. Oh, oh, I'll have a raisin. Some raisins. 
Very good. There we go. Oh, hang on, Annie. You hardly got any there. There we go. You don't want a raisin, so I'll have a raisin. Anyone else for a raisin? Sam, do you want a raisin? No, no. Hyacinth, a raisin. Anyone want a raisin? Right. So these are the fruits of the vineyard last year because we dry the grapes out. Anyway, the story goes, Jesus' story, that this vineyard was planted by the owner who owned it. And then the owner let the vineyard out to some tenants. Tenants. Um, what do tenants do? Do tenants own the place? No, tenants don't own the place. Tenants just look after the place and pay rent to the owner. So I need a couple of people to stay behind to be the tenants. I'll tell you what, do you three want to be the tenants? You be the tenants, all right? So, so I'm, I'm, I'm the owner and I'm off. And uh, we're all going off here because we're going off on a journey. So follow me to the back of church. Go on, you need to get working into the vineyard because it's your responsibility to produce a crop. Right, come with me because the owner then goes off on a journey and the owner of the vineyard, um, when harvest time gets near, he thinks to himself, are you taking care of those vines? I hope so, they're very precious. The owner thinks, I want, my fr- I want some fruit, harvest time is good. It's probably best that you don't touch the vines because they're, they're not rooted very securely into the ground. <laughs> so harvest time comes close and the owner thinks, right, I better send my servant to get some fruit of the vineyard. So are you, are you going to go, Joe, are you going to go collect some fruit? Okay. Right, now hang on a minute, Joe, just stop there. Stop now, you're my, you're my other servant. I'm going to hold you in reserve for a moment. So... Off you go. You walk to the front. Now, what happens to this servant when he turns up? He gets beaten up. Oh, no. Right. Bosh. Okay. Kick him out. There we are. His brother's getting well into this. Right. So they actually send a whole group of servants. Some of them they actually killed. Some of them they, they just beat up and got rid of the servants. So the servants chucked out of the vineyard. Right. That didn't go very well, did it? Now, can I tell you that if you try to do that with your estate agent or housing association's representative even once, then you would be prosecuted. Let me just give you that free piece of legal advice. (laughs) But this owner is a thoroughly good owner. The tenants are thoroughly bad tenants. The owner's a thoroughly good owner, and he is so patient and kind um, that he doesn't send in the heavies to kill them off. He actually sends some more servants again. So... Right, you can both go this time. Right, off, off you go this time. And uh, hang on, let me just have my raisins. And as they go, what happens? Exactly the same thing. Like they get beaten up again. Some they killed, some they beat. They treated them shamefully. These thoroughly bad tenants are really making a total and utter and absolute pain of themselves. Right, now, if I was the owner of that vineyard, if you were the owner of that vineyard, what would you want to do? I would want to send in the heavies. This would be the time to to call in law enforcement, bailiffs, and to sort out these thoroughly bad tenants. But this owner seems rather different to that. In fact, he is very different to that. He says, I will send... He says, I've got one, one more I can send. My son. They will respect my son. Let me send my son. Can I have one of my sons? <laughs> Poor John is looking absolutely kind of desperate. And so the son, here you go. Well done, John. So John, my son, I'm going to send now my son. I respect my son. Right, off you go. 
he's going to collect the fruit of the vineyard. It's a tragic story. It's absolutely heartbreaking. Because what do these thoroughly bad tenants do when the sun arrives? <laughs> they actually throw him out of the vineyard and they kill him. Now, just making sure he finishes him off. Is that not an absolutely tragic story? I mean, just think about it. The owner of the vineyard says, I'll send my son into my own vineyard. And the owners think, right, well, what, 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 what is it they think? What they, what they thought was, they thought, you know, the, 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 the tenants, the thoroughly bad tenants, they thought, this is great. This is our opportunity because the son, he's the one who one day is going to own the vineyard. So if we kill the son, then, of course, we'll get the vineyard. I don't know which book of property law they'd ever read to make them think that that was the case, but they, that was how they reasoned. They thought, if we kill off the son, then we'll get it. And so they killed him because they didn't really want to be tenants, did they? They actually really wanted to own the thing. They wanted it to be theirs. And so they did everything they could to get rid of the owner. Let's leave it there. This is part one of our talk. We'll come back and do part two in a moment. We'll carry on with our service. And we'll come back in a few minutes. So, children, please go back to where you were. I'll need you again later. Yes, you can. Go on. Cheeky, well asked. He who doesn't ask, doesn't get. Andrew, over to you. Well, I think it's safe to say that the tenant's plan didn't work out how they hoped. We'll see that in just a moment. But I want, first of all, just to think a little bit about what this story is all about. If you've, if, you've got, if you've got your Bibles open there, I don't know whether you've still got the reading. I'm not sure what, I can't remember what page it's on, because I've, I've got a slightly different um, edition here. But what is, at the end of the story, there were some people there who were really fed up, really angry when Jesus had told the story. Who, can you remember who those people were? Who were the people who were really angry when he told it? Did anyone, re anyone see that? The, thank you. The priests and the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they were really angry because Jesus told them this story and they knew that he was telling it against them. In other words, they, who were they in the story? They were the thoroughly bad tenants. So that means we can begin to work out who the different people are in the story. They're the thoroughly bad tenants. So who's the owner of the vineyard who gave it to them? That would be God. God gave them the vineyard. And then he sent servants into the vineyard, his people, Israel, to the leaders. But the servants got beaten up. Who were those servants he sent? The prophets. Yeah, all the way through this part of the Bible, of the Old Testament part of the Bible. Prophet after prophet after prophet. And some they beat some they, well, one of them, they sawed him in half. Um, Isaiah, they, um, they put, chucked Jeremiah down a well. They, they treated him terribly. And then finally, he had a son. Who was that? Jesus. He said, I'll send my son. And the tenants, in fact, it happened literally days after Jesus told them this story. The tenants took the son, Jesus, and they took him outside the vineyard, outside Jerusalem, and they nailed him to a cross and killed him. 
That's what the story's about. Chilling, isn't it? Isn't it extraordinary that Jesus should tell that story to the very people who, what, three or four days later, would do to him exactly what he was saying? Amazing. Right. Well, he's got a riddle for them. He's got a riddle. By the way, does anyone like riddles? Children, come to the front if you wouldn't mind, because I'm going to need you in just a moment again. If you would you please come to the front again. Um, do you like our cats are always hungry, and they've got a riddle um, that they like to say. And their riddle is, um, their riddle goes like this. It goes, we're fed up because we're not fed up. <laughs> That's the cat's riddle. What does the riddle mean? Like, we're fed up because we're not fed up. What does it mean, Anna? Yes. And they're fed up. So they're fed up. In one sense, they're fed up because they're annoyed. But in another sense, they're, they're fed up because they haven't been fed. They haven't been fed up. That's right. So they're very clever, aren't they, our cats? You see, we're fed up because we're not fed up. They like their riddle. Here's another riddle. You've got the, if, you, if you've got the, the, the Bible open there, it's there in verse 42. It's a riddle from the Old Testament, part of the Bible, Psalm 118. Jesus said to the religious leaders who were listening, have you never read in the Bible the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone? The Lord has done this and it is marvellous in our eyes. It's a riddle. Right. I've got a rejected stone here. Right, so the rejected stone, the stone the builders rejected. So the builders were building something, the builders were building something, and they came across a stone, and they thought, that's a breeze block, and they thought, that's a load of rubbish, isn't it? They rejected the stone, so they got rid of it. Do you want to take the stone out and take it out of the church? Go on, you take him with it. Take it, take it with him, off you go. Off you go. Take the ceremony, see, take the stone out of the church. You can just leave it in the room at the back there, and then come back. So they rejected the stone. So Okay, you can come back. Stone the builders rejected. Okay, so they chucked that stone in the skip. They thought, we don't need that stone. That's an absolute load of junk. But how does the riddle go? The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, or sometimes translated the cornerstone, has become the most important stone in the building. Hang on a minute. So if... If the stone the builders rejected has become the most important stone in the building, that means that that stone has to be, has to come back again, doesn't it? Yeah, well done, you know what to do. Go and collect the rejected stone and bring the rejected stone back. The stone the builders rejected has become, is it the... The, the, uh, it's difficult to, to know uh, exactly whether he's referring to the capstone, the, you know, the one in an arch that sits in the middle um, and holds the whole thing together, or whether it's a sort of a more, found, thank you, a foundational stone. It means the Greek phrase, it's literally, he has become the head of the corner. That's what the phrase is. So scholars debate exactly what the significance is, but the point is it is the most important stone in the new building. So um, here we are. Right, I'm just as an architect over there. He'll tell us afterwards, won't you, Andrew? I'm sure he's got a view. Right. So, the most important stone in the building. Let's put it there. We'll, we'll commandeer the tower from the vineyard as our new building. And who was it who did it? This, whatever this thing was. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this. 
and it is marvelous in our eyes. It's the Lord who caused the stone to be first rejected and then made the capstone. Right, what is the riddle about? What, first of all, is the stone? What's the stone? Well, who is the stone? Do any of you children know? Who is it? Why do you say Jesus? It is Jesus, but why do you say Jesus? He was rejected and killed. But, so you go on, he was rejected and killed, but... But then he came back. How did he come back? He was raised from the dead. Isn't it interesting? That riddle's about the resurrection. It's about the cross and the resurrection. You're exactly right. The stone the builders rejected... Go go and have a look in there. There's a cross in there. Go in that that room there. You can go and find it. It's quite a big one. I'll get a cross. Because that's how they rejected the stone. Um, Can you see it? You got it. Just... There should be a cross in there. <laughs> Could be here for some time. Have you got it? Oh, yeah, here we go. All right, there we go. So we got the cross. Here we go. So the stone the builders rejected. Here we are. Let's lift, up, lift that up so everyone can see it. Who's going to hold it? The stone the builders rejected, the cross, has become Jesus. So who does that Who are the builders? Who are the builders then? The builders are the leaders of of Israel. Just be careful, because if that suddenly swings down, it could absolutely scalp James in quite a horrid and unpleasant way. Mark, sorry. Did I call you James? <laughs> sorry, Mark. Right, so that stone the builders rejected has become the most important stone in a new building. And that means the builders as well, the builders, Jesus is saying, the builders who were building the old building rejected the stone. They themselves actually will be rejected. And um, it's very powerful, isn't it? The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. So, what put the, the, the thoroughly bad tenants, their plan massively backfired, didn't it? They thought, we're going to get the vineyard if we kill the sun. God thought, you're going to kill the sun, and I'm going to build something new. With the rejected stone Jesus, the crucified Jesus at the center of it, and I'm going to throw it open, actually, to the whole world not just to the nation of Israel, as it was in those days, but to the whole world. I'm going to throw it open so that anybody can come into my kingdom. Anybody can come. They're welcome. The only question is, will they receive my son? Children, just sit down for a moment. We're going to talk about this. You have, a, have a seat. As we'll put the cross up there. So you can, you can sit, sit where you are at the front if you want to, or go back to your seats. Totally up to you. Um, so Jesus, the rejected stone, has become the, cap, the, 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 the has become the most important stone in a whole new building. And the question is, do we want to be part of that building? We're invited to be part of that new building. Everybody is. People from all around the world. But we, the, the, the key point is we need to welcome the son. We need to welcome the owner's son. Because actually this story is about something even bigger. It's not just about the old people of Israel who were the vineyard. God made something else, didn't he? He made this whole world. God gave us this whole world and we are his tenants. We don't own it. Um, it's not our world. It's his world. He made, he made it. It's his world. We're in it, and God has said to us, you look after it, 
and I'm going to give you, um, the, the, I, I'm, I, I, I want from you your love and your worship, but I'm so good, I just want you to, to do that. Um, Perry, can you pass that? Um, some, some, um, we need to welcome the sun. We need to welcome the sun. Now, I want us to think about this because it's not necessarily straightforward to welcome God's son. It's not straightforward at all because we're a little bit like those tenants. So God has given us this world, but we really, deep down, want to own the world. We don't want to give God the love and the worship and the honor. We want to have it all for ourselves. And so when God's son comes, a lot of people think, well, I don't want him. I don't want him in my life because he's going to tell, he's going to suddenly tell me what to do. I want to own my own life. I want to trust myself. I want to be my own person. And so when Jesus comes, we say, well, I haven't got any room for you. Sorry, you're not coming in. And so we push him away. So the story, actually, it's easy to look at those tenants, isn't it, and say, what awful people. There they were in the owner's vineyard and they wouldn't welcome his son. When actually, deep down, that's what all of us are like. All of us are like that. Because really, deep down, that's what sin is all about. It's all about taking all the things that God has given us, but shutting out him. So just think, our bodies, all the things we enjoy, they're all from him. And so we need to recognize that and we need to welcome him and we need to say, Jesus, the son of God, yes, you can come into my life. You can come into my, you can become, you're the owner of me. I don't even own my own life. I'm yours and I give myself to you. And that's the challenge that comes out of this story for all of us is will we welcome the son? The tenants didn't. Will we welcome the son? Let's have a prayer. God, our Father, we pray that you would help us to see these things very clearly. We pray that you would show us that we are just the tenants in your world, that you're the owner, and that we, the tenants, would welcome Jesus, the owner's son, receiving him into our lives and handing our lives, giving the fruit of our lives entirely to him. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right, let's sing 10,000 Reasons. 10,000 Reasons. And uh, it's one of the great hymns, one of the great songs of the moment. Well, it's been around for a few years now, but it's wonderful. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. So many reasons to praise his holy name. Let's stand as we sing together. <coughs>